Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Sexton Lopez. We actually got to see each other in person just a few days ago. I took a trip down to New Jersey. That was very nice. Yes, it was. <laughs> and this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday from 6 to about 6.30, give or take. And it is based on the book that we wrote a few years back called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. This program allows us to have a ability to reach out to people and to dialogue with you. Mm -hmm. And the way that we generally do that is through email exchanges. So you can write to us and you can tell us the story of one of your animals and your experience of loss and, and healing. And you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. This information I'm sharing as we get going is in the description that accompanies the program. And you can write to us. You can tell us a story. You can tell us whether or not it's okay to share it. We're good either way. We, one or both of us will write back to you in any case. And you can also tell us that we can share it, but you'd like for certain elements in the story maybe to not be shared. So whatever makes sense to you. But we know that these stories really help other people and bring great solace to them. Mm -hmm. You can also suggest a topic for discussion, and you can also suggest a person to be interviewed on the program. We appreciate all suggestions. You can support our work in a number of ways, and you can find out how to do that looking in the description. You can support us through Venmo or PayPal or a monthly subscription. The program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's a wonderful program. You can learn more at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. One of the things that they do is they sponsor a monthly pet loss support group mm -hmm. that I facilitate. It is totally cost-free and you can join from anywhere in the world. And we do have people who join from everywhere <laughs> across the world. And it's very interesting because people bring all kinds of different perspectives. It is usually on the second Tuesday of the month. It runs 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And the next one will be September 12th. And there is a a link to the RSVP link in the program description. And finally, please consider pressing the subscribe button on YouTube. And we have a link to the YouTube program in case you're not watching on YouTube because it helps people to gain access to the program. It raises mm -hmm. the program's visibility and makes it so that when people are searching for help, they're likely to find it. We know that a lot of people have found the program through searching on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so that's just very helpful. If, the, if you find the program useful, uh, please consider subscribing. Nancy, you want to get us started? Sure. And that would be very nice to subscribe. And we appreciate that. Yep. Um, we have two stories tonight. Um, I'm going to uh, share the story from Tanya. Now, Tanya, interestingly enough, has... Um, well, unfortunately, has gone through two deaths a year, about a year apart, I believe. Yeah. Um, she had written to us in 2022 about Sherlock, her beautiful cat. 
and now Hermina, you know, has died. So I'm going to I'm going to share this story. Um, and she believed that Sherlock actually sent Nina to her, which I think probably is the case. Um, now I have. If you hear noises, I do have my little Ellie here tonight on my lap because otherwise she will not, she'll make noise. Okay, so my little Ellie's here. So, um, okay, so this is the most recent story from Tanya. And I believe Tanya is from Australia. Is that correct? Yes. Was it? Yep. Okay. Um, I hope you are well. I just want to give you an update that my feisty cat that I adopted a week after I lost Sherlock, had just passed on Tuesday morning, and this is the beginning of July. I also thought this would be an opportunity to properly introduce them to you too. My cat who passed away last year was Sherlock. The feisty little old lady I adopted after him was Mina. I wrote last year that I believed so strongly that Sherlock sent Mina to me, and I continue to believe so throughout the one year I cared for Mina. So one year. She had so many preferences similar to Sherlock's. Her passing also firmed up that belief. She gave me so many warnings from the beginning of May. She drifted in and out of what I called slump mode nearly every two weeks. I knew in my heart she was letting me know her time was approaching. When she had her slump, sometimes I had to feed her in bed as she refused to get up. Late last week, she went into another slump mode but was back to her normal self by the weekend, and she became so sweet, almost clingy. Another warning, I presumed. On Monday, she went into her slump again after breakfast. She became very weak, unable to walk unassisted by, um, by night. I carried her to bed, and that was the first and only time she had slept in my arms. I woke up to her pushing against me in the early morning, and then she wet me and the bed. I realized she lost the ability to get to her feet on her own. She was always an independent woman who hated being picked up. Despite her blindness, she insisted on walking on her own, sleeping freely on my chest, no blanket, no cuddle. I decided then that it's her time, as she wouldn't enjoy relying on others. I was amazed at how calm and resolved I was at coming to that decision. I still cried at the vet, of course, saying goodbye to her hurt. I had an epiphany on my way home that she must have been sent to me to retread my steps. Sherlock was so friendly and lovable. Every vet clinic he went to loved him. He had regular vet visits for his thyroid issue and with him being so easy around everyone. His vet visits were a walk in the park that I never stopped to think if he wanted it. Nina was the opposite. She had to be sedated. After her second failed vet visit because the drug hadn't kicked in by the appointment time, I decided that she shouldn't have to go through what she hated. She would enjoy her twilight years how she wanted it, with dignity. Sherlock was so malleable and cuddly. He purred on my lap within a few hours of moving in with me. Nina was the opposite. I had to read her signs and body language. I had to ask for permission to pat her in the beginning. I learned through caring and loving her how rewarding it is to see the love I receive back grow from zero to do something good and not want anything in return. 
Despite Sherlock's thyroid issue, his passing was of sudden illnesses that weren't detected prior, so I was very devastated. I was hysterical at the emergency vet hospital and insisted against the vet's advice that he'd be cured and come home with me, even if it was a few days. I would do anything I could to extend his time. The vet was so understanding and agreed to do absolute best, but his heart gave out under anesthetics. The vet pumped him back for me to say goodbye to him while he was unconscious. Mina gave me plenty of warnings with plenty of time. When her time came, I was clear in my head what I needed to do and that it was for her and not for me. Throughout the ordeal from lying helplessly to her last breath, she didn't cry once. She's such a strong, independent lady right through to the end. She taught me so much, particularly in learning to let go, and she was my second chance at doing the right thing for my fur baby. She would have turned 16 in October. I'm glad I was able to show her what love is. I feel so privileged to be the person she trusted. I started from asking for permission to pat to one pat at a time and then to showering her with pats and hearing her purr nonstop. She didn't even mind me booping her fluff. Fluff? Fluff? Um, I don't know what that is in Australian. Um, and I know in my heart that Sherlock had a hand in this. It gives me such a warm feeling that he continues to look after me. Once again, thanks for your podcast from the bottom of my heart. Here are the photos of Sherlock the tabby and Mina, Mina the, tor the torty calico. I hope you stay well and continue the Pet Loss Companion podcast in years to come. Love, regards, and respects, Tanya. Very interesting how different the two cats were and how what she learned from Sherlock that created her to do something different with Mina. Yeah, and she, we've seen this a few times now. She adopted a very elderly. Yeah, very elderly yeah, cat. I mean, you know, I guess not, not as elderly as it would be for a dog. Right. But I guess that Mina was 13 years old when she was adopted. Yeah. She was 14 years old a year later when she passed. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, that's such a generous Yes, to do on many, many different levels because an older animal is likely to need lots of special care and can be rather expensive and and just you know challenge in some ways that they might be set in their ways and they have to be kind of well, manipulated, which is what what she did. With Mina was very independent, yes. so. <laughs> but I do think that that's interesting because she she met Mina. Mina came to her, I believe, if the story is correct after Sherlock died. And and so it was something about Mina that she that Tanya needed she needed to have Mina. And so she really did believe, and I do believe, that Sherlock said, no, Mina's the one that you need to take home and take care of. Um and how we learn from our animals, right? Yeah, absolutely. That that uh, Sherlock was so easy <laughs> and Mina was so feisty, shall we say. She reminds me of my cat, Esme, who she wants attention when she wants attention, but boy, you better be, you better be focused because at a certain point, if you're absent-mindedly petting her, she will give oh, you a boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's true. And, and it's interesting because human children are like that too, right? You'll have a couple that has a you know, very easy baby and says, wow, the first child and it's really easy and, and, and uh, fun. And then the second child comes along and it's like, whoa, <laughs> what happened? You know, so just different personalities. And, and, and she, she intuited and learned from Mina that it was time. Yeah. That it was time for her to go. And she, Tanya, accepted that in, right. a, in a way that was more resolute, more calm, I guess, than we often are when yeah. that time comes. Well, she had watched her, I think. And, you know, and, and remember what um, Danielle said, too, that in death, the animal, you know, spirit spirit starts to go, you know, yep. some weeks ahead of time. And I think that that could be what um, Tanya was seeing, you know, her slumps. Right. So and I think that that was that, that was really important for her that she saw that and she accepted it. And even though it was very hard to say goodbye, that she knew it was the right thing to do. Yep. She knew it was time. So so it's we really appreciate as time so much coming back and sharing yeah. a second story with us mm -hmm. and also it, it sort of shows you as you mentioned what animals have to teach us yeah. and how if we're open to learning from them we can learn mm -hmm. so very much about everything including having a calmness and an equanimity about death yeah yeah. And she and she loved. I mean, she did everything for both of her cats, right? Um, but she also was able to um, manage Mina in a, in a different way after Sherlock because Mina was so different. So hey, yeah. And, and how cool that it was an elderly cat that she took, or an older cat. That is a, that's a special person who yeah. does that. So I'm going to read Victoria's notes. We don't always do this, but. I'm going to read her first note to us. And, and oftentimes there's a bit of an exchange that, that goes on. We're going to read her first note and then I'm going to read her follow up to your note back to her. Right. Okay. So again, this is from Victoria and we have lots of pictures of squeaks. squeaks. So I'm squeaks. just going to show. Oh, squeaks. <laughs> what a sweetie. Look at that little Oh my goodness! So cute. And as you can see, Squeaks was little. Yeah. And Victoria took Squeaks everywhere. Literally everywhere. everywhere. That's right. <laughs> so what a life! I'll go through these pictures. <laughs> beautiful dog, beautiful lady. That's so nice. <laughs> I believe she got Very Squeaks when Squeaks <laughs> was one pound. One pound. Oh, dog. So what a what a life! And she really celebrated. Yeah. with her all the time it sounds like so here we right. go hi i found your podcast last week after losing my soul dog and i'm having a hard time moving forward it doesn't feel like it's getting better it feels worse which you know of course it goes up and down it waxes yeah. and wanes squeaks came to my life and i want to spell squeaks because it's a fun spelling s-q-w-e-e-k-s squeaks. squeaks came into my life in march of 2010 she was supposed to be my former mother-in-law's dog. She never had a dog before. My ex and I had two. I'm a huge dog lover, so I spent a ton of time with my girls. 
my other two dogs were really well behaved, really well trained. And they made my mother-in-law want a dog. She wanted a small dog that didn't shed. And I always had big dogs. Enter Squeaks. She was one, a one pound ball of fluff that happened to be really sick. I spent a few weeks caring for her and nurturing her. And by the time my mother-in-law wanted to take her, I couldn't part with her. We were meant for each other. This is why, this is like I could never foster for this reason. Yeah, I know. We were meant for each other. So I told my mother-in-law I was keeping her. Naturally, that caused drama, drama, but I couldn't let her go. Fast forward to her being hit by a car, a divorce, a few failed relationships, job loss, a startup fail, job change, many apartment moves, and one major illness that almost took Squeak's life. When she was six, Squeaks got GME, and I don't know what that is. It is. I wrote it down. It is granulomite modus meningoencephalitis. Okay, I didn't probably pronounce that right, but it's an inflammatory disease that affects the central nervous system. Okay, and we are apparently not veterinarians. No, we're not. (laughs) And anyway, she almost died. She was on chemo and high doses of pregnisone for over a year and miraculously pulled through. I lost my sweet girl June 29th. She's the light of my life and I'm struggling to imagine a life without her. We had 13 and almost a half years together and those were the happiest years of my life. She traveled with me, hiked with me, whined with me, went to restaurants with me, the movies with me, and when she got too old to keep up as much on the trail, I carried her in a backpack and still she and she still hiked. She went with me more places than most dogs and my family used to say she's traveled more than most people. I don't know my identity without her because she was with me all the time and as long as she was in my arms, she seamlessly adapted to all the new environments we were in. I don't want that chapter of my life to be over. It was so happy and full of love pure, beautiful love. The sadness is as overwhelming as my love for her. And it makes my, takes my breath away. I feel like part of me is missing and it feels unbearable. I don't even really know what happened. She was fine in the morning. And by six 30 in the evening, she started vomiting after about an hour and a half and her vomiting four times. I went to the emergency vet. We waited for two hours, but didn't get seen. And she kept vomiting. I went home to get her an anti-nausea medication and then went back to the vet. She had explosive diarrhea by then, and I looked for another emergency vet with more availability. They did blood work, and her kidney values were slightly elevated, and they said I could keep her overnight or take her home with a bag of fluids. She never vomited in her entire life. She never vomited. So I opted to keep her overnight so she could be monitored. At three in the morning, they called me and said the vomiting had returned even after the fluids and the anti-nausea and that she seemed uncomfortable. So they gave her another injection of anti-nausea and a pain medication. I couldn't sleep by this time. So I stayed up and called again at 5.30 to get an update. The vet said she seemed a bit more calm and rested and hadn't vomited. At 8.30, the daytime vet called and said she seemed worse, very weak, and her heart rate was dropping, and I should get over there. I went immediately, and he said they were, try- they were giving her a bolus. Again, I don't know what that is. No, no, no. To try and get her heart 
right back up and she's in rough shape. My options are bring her home, keep her there on fluids or take her to a critical care center. I went to the critical care center and by the time I got there, she was completely out of it. Her gums were totally white. Her eyes weren't moving, but she was still breathing. They said she was in shock. I asked the vet to do anything they could to save her. I didn't care about cost. How could she have gone from completely fine 16 hours ago to almost dead? The vet took her back and said they would know within the next few hours if she'd pull through and they sent me home. An hour later, they called me back and said she'd gone under a cardiac arrest and should and I should get there, they, that she'd gone into cardiac arrest and I should get there as soon as possible. I left immediately, but five minutes later, they called back and said she was gone. I should have stayed with her so she wasn't all alone and scared without me. I thought she'd pull through. She always pulled through. I hate imagining how scared and pain and alone she was without me. She would always look to me for comfort and to be held. I can't wrap my head around what happened and it hurts. I really don't know how it all went so quickly. I took her to the vet within an hour and a half of her vomiting. I kept her overnight. I kept her overnight. I did everything I thought I could and she's still gone and I just can't understand it. Did I feed her the wrong thing? Did the prednisone she was on for the two weeks prior cause this? Should I have been more pushy with the emergency vet to get her seen or never given her prednisone to begin with? Has she been sick and just hiding it really well? I keep asking myself what would have gone differently? What could have gone differently? This is the hardest thing I've had to go through and I don't want to move on without her. It's hard to pull myself out of bed because we always started our day together. I'd make coffee, then we would go for an hour long walk and it was my favorite part of the day. I, crept, I kept a gratitude, a gratitude journal and probably 60% of those entries were, I'm so thankful for my walk this morning with Squeaks. I don't miss the big things. I miss all the little things. I miss seeing her at my feet, waiting for me to get out of the shower, sleeping next to me on the bed, sitting next to me on the couch, sitting on my lap while I work, waiting for me while I, when I get home, if I happen to leave her, going out to eat and sitting on my lap. How do you move on from all of these little moments that make your day so special and bring so much joy no longer being there? We had a soul connection and I know death can't break that, but moving on without her seems so unfathomable. She was there through so much and she was my constant. The magnitude of this emptiness and pain I feel is as great as the love I have for her. And that's a tremendous amount. Language doesn't describe it. I generally love, I genuinely loved our life and now it feels like all the joy and all the things worth loving are gone. I know it's not my fault, but I also wish so much that I could go back and make different choices that may have altered that outcome. I wouldn't have given her the pregnisone or could have been more pushy with the vet. I'm struggling to move on. I'm struggling with the few times I lost my patience with her. There were three times in our life that I did, but the last time was the worst. I scared her and she ran away and I had to chase her. I'm so thankful nothing happened to her because she ran across the street. And I think about what could have happened if I hadn't found her. I don't know how to forgive myself for that. I was in a really bad place in my own life and I got annoyed that she was taking so long to go pee before bed and I shook her by the scruff and said, go potty. 
She ran away from me when I did that, and I hate myself for it. She's perfect. She didn't deserve that. I feel so ashamed with myself for doing that. So we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Because, and I, and I really, it's really good that she shared that because we've heard those kinds of, those kinds of recollections from many people. And so we'll come back. But she, she, you wrote to her and then she wrote, thank you for your quick reply and thorough email, Nancy. I don't mind if you share our story. I think ultimately I really want it shared as a story of incredible love, which obviously it was. Yeah, <laughs> everything because She gave me the best memories of my life. She brought me happiness every single day and I truly loved our life together. That's what makes this loss so sad and so hard to move on from. I don't have children and I never wanted them. So I pour a lot of love into my animals, but Squeaks was extra special to me. She was mine and I was hers. That's such a beautiful line. She didn't care about other dogs, animals, or other people. She didn't look at them or want to be held by anyone else. And I've never really had a relationship with another pet like that. She was attached to me and only me. And I kind of loved that about us. She was also really small. So I was able to take her just about everywhere I went. We were very seldom apart. It's difficult because she was woven into every part of my life. The only time we were apart is if I left the continent for a vacation and the flight would have been too long for her to take, but it was a manageable, too long for to take her. But if it was manageable, she went with me on vacation and work trips. I w it was really a wonderful life together. And now it just seems like the joy is gone. It was difficult to watch her get older and slow down, but I wouldn't, but I would have taken more of that rather than not have her with me anymore. Wow. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I want to say right away that she's, she's so afraid and so many of the people in our audience or the people we talk to are so afraid that their animal is, she is, you know, going to have malice or judgment or yeah, criticism yeah. or, you know, or not well, be upset or pissed off. And, and Victoria, no, that, that never happens with them. Because no, she, she got mad and, you know, we, we do, we can get frustrated with our animals, but, but that beautiful squeaks, it never, ever bothered that her. No. And ever. Yeah. You know, we, we have those recriminations. This comes up in our Zoom meeting pretty much every time. And I will generally respond by asking the other people in the meeting, how many people here have at one time or another lost patience with their pet, maybe did something that was a little bit beyond what they think was fair, or they treated them in a way that they regret. Every single hand goes up in the group. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we get mad sometimes. We get yeah, frustrated. We get mad. We get, mm -hmm. Just like with children, just like yeah. with family members, there right. are times when we lose our patience a bit. And then when we lose that relationship, those tend to be the moments that haunt us. Right. They really do. They haunt us. And it was so, it was so good, uh, Victoria, to share that, to share right. that because everybody, almost every single person who hears this, I won't say every single person because you never know, but probably just about every single person who hears this will see themselves in that comment that she made about That's losing right. her patients. And it'll help them to feel less alone and less 
tortured by that mm. one or two moments, three, four, five moments when they lost their patients in a right. lifetime, in a lifetime, a decade plus lifetime. And the other, the other whole piece that she wrote about was the guilt. Should yeah. I have, I shouldn't have given the prednisone. I should have pushed the vet. I, you know, why didn't I do this? Why didn't, you know, and of course, as we all know, the most conscientious of us have the most guilt. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's guilt is there for everyone, yeah, but right. the ones, you know, that we are so attentive and do everything for, for our, our companion animals. And then we have the most guilt for whatever reason. And, and we, we, we all, we try to take responsibility for everything. Right. For our animals, because they are totally dependent on us. And so exactly. we, we're always trying to pay attention. We're always, and then when, when, when they die, we go back and we scan Yes. With, a mic, with a magnifying glass. What did I miss? What did I, I, what, I miss? Yeah, I, and, I must have done something wrong. You know, and, I should have been able to save her or, you know, him. It, and, it, see, we, we're not, we don't, we're not all seeing, we're not all knowing, we're not, mm -hmm. we're not uh, godlike. We don't rule the universe. We, we can't fix everything. This is many, many, many things in life are way outside our control. And nothing brings that home like the loss of a loved one. Yeah. And yet we will, it's part of grief to go back and all this shoulda, coulda, woulda's. And, yeah. and uh, we, as we've often said, let it happen. Try not to hang on to them. Let them pass through you. And eventually you come to the place where you realize you did the best you could, as we all yeah. do. And that was, that was great, actually. They had an unbelievably... Wonderful, Squeaks joyful, had, adventurous life. Yes. Squeaks had the best life. All of the things that Squeaks got to do. Look, that human-animal bond between between Victoria's and Squeaks is just amazing. Well, it was her soul dog, right? And she so... Yes, yeah. yes, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. So and both of these stories special. are such stories of generosity and kindness yes. and and connection. And, and you know, Tanya... Again, I come back to this, adopted an elderly cat with health problems. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, true. And, and Victoria adopted a, a puppy with health right. problems. Right. And, and I and love, this, I love. Uh, these are such heart. These are people who are have such big hearts. <laughs> it's it's absolutely wonderful. I love, like you said, she was mine and I was hers. Such a great line. And the other was, it's difficult because she was woven into every part of my life. Yes, and that's what I used for the title of this session. Mm -hmm. She was woven into every and part of my life, and she surely was. These are the relationships. You can't have a relationship with an animal that's the same as a human. Animals are just unconditional, and they love you so much, and you love them back. Yep. And they don't get mad at you. <laughs> they don't call you no. names. They don't do no. <laughs> lots of things. No. And they, and the, and both of them, the, the, what how much life they went through with these animals, and yeah, then yeah. those animals were constant for them. Yep. So, but we want to we want to thank Victoria so we much. Thank Tanya. Victoria and also Tanya, and we also just want to remind you if you are so inclined to subscribe on YouTube because that's helpful to others in finding the program. And so again, we thank Victoria and Tanya, Tanya and, and Nancy is always great, great seeing you. 
at, even if it is only on the screen. <laughs> hey, listen, we got some poems coming up for people. We do, yes. We yes, do. We, we got have two poems. Two in poems. the course of just a few days, it's very mm -hmm. interesting because we haven't, I don't think we've gotten poems. No, before. this is the first time. I think, yeah, I think so really interesting too because because they really, they, they just open, they show us the heart of the person yes. writing them. Yeah. Raw emotion. Yeah. Well, take care, everybody, and great seeing you again, Nancy. You too, Ken. <laughs>